and welcome to Chatty AF, the Anime Feminist Podcast. I'm Peter Fobian. I'm a producer at Crunchyroll and the longtime editor and first-time host of the podcast here. Today I'm joined by Chiaki and Faye, uh, if you two would like to introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Chiaki Hirai. I am a freelance writer and editor for Anime Feminist. You can find me on Twitter at, at @AnimatedEmpress or at Chiaki747. One's public, one's private, and neither have anything sensible to say. All right, I am Faye Hopper. I am a also a freelance writer, uh, primarily over at Anime News Network. I do work primarily on uh, reviews and the fall and spring manga guide. Um, currently on social media hiatus due to uh, mental for mental health uh, reasons. Um, otherwise, you can find me at my Patreon. And uh, today we're going to be talking about weekly Shonen Jump manga, uh, but maybe not the titles you're most familiar with. Uh, we're going to be focusing uh, specifically on new series that haven't yet gotten anime adaptations. Uh, weekly Shonen Jump is a pretty popular manga magazine, in fact, the most popular. And since it has its app, it's basically the most available manga source in the entire world. Uh, since it's a, like a first touch point of exposure to many people in the world for anime and has a roughly 50-50 gender split in its readership, representation in Shonen Jump matters a lot. So we want to highlight uh, what some of the new series are doing well or maybe just forewarn people against some series before they inevitably get anime adaptations. Uh, as a rule, we're discussing around the first 10 chapters of each one since we're hoping to get through a lot of titles. But we're probably going to be talking about stuff much further down the line. So let's just get this thing started. Uh, we're going to be going roughly alphabetical um, and see if we can squeeze in a couple extras at the end, who, which seem to have recently concluded, which makes our first title for today, Act Age. Uh, it's created by uh, writer Tatsuya Matsuki and illustrator Shiro Usazaki. It's about Kei Yanagi, who's an aspiring actress who has the ability to completely immerse herself into a role. CEO of Talajinichi stars Arisa Hoshi, uh, doesn't want to hire her because uh, she's convinced that the girl's talent will basically destroy her. But hotshot Sumiji Kuroyama believes he can polish her into a world-famous actress. Uh, unfortunately, this one has a giant like 40-chapter gap. So only the first six chapters are available to read in English until the Shonen Jump app closes the gap. But since it's one of two manga in Shonen Jump that feature a female protagonist, I was hoping to talk about what's currently available with this one. So uh, any thoughts? So... Just to start off on this one, I I like it, but the problem is definitely the first six chapters and then the skip in the forty you know the forty chapter skip. Yep. The fact that it even skips to the middle of an arc is a huge detriment to me kind of getting into the story just when it was getting good. Yeah, honestly, this is a one that we wanted to. I, I, we wanted to record this podcast, I think, a year ago, but we decided to wait until the Act Age chapter gap had closed, and it sort of became apparent that that wasn't happening, which is why we decided to move forward. Yeah, yeah. in terms of my reaction to it, I, I basically had the same reaction to Chiaki. It's like, oh, this is just getting good, because most of the first three chapters are basically just premise setup, right? So they're mm -hmm. mostly just... Uh, uh, the actress and the director sort of becoming acquainted with each other. The director pursuing the actress because uh, she believe uh, he believes she's an incredible talent. And then we only really start to getting into uh, actual like auditions and uh, how the rest of the acting world reacts to her around like around that point. And then there's a cutoff, and then like you're just dead air, and you're suddenly in the middle of an arc where like if you skip forward, they're literally just doing a performance with some character you've never heard of of a night on the Galactic Railroad, and it's just like okay, cool. All right. <laughs> it sucks, too, because I like a lot about it. Uh, I really like that um, uh, the main character is working class and specifically uh, 
not in a great place either financial uh, great place financially but is sort of just you know struggling to uh feed and protect and sort of just take care of her uh younger brother and sister after their parents i believe are dead or gone or yeah no um and i also really love the premise in terms of battle manga i think uh because it's it's unique and um, it's a world I'm personally invested in and care a lot about. The other problem with that being, of course, okay, will it have things to say about the way this world operates? Will it have things to say about the way uh, actors are treated predominantly and the way sort of, uh, you know, um, how meat grindery this industry can be? Uh, as far as I saw, it was mostly a fairly traditional extolling the virtues of, you know, grit and integrity and talent as far as I saw. But yeah. Oh, so like, is it a uh, idol master or a perfect blue? Kind yeah, of thing? but yeah, well, obviously, it wouldn't be like perfect blue, but like just a little commentary on how bad things can be in that specific industry. I think, yeah, mm-hmm. it's something I would be very curious to see if later arcs touch on. I think so. It's definitely more focused on the potential self harm you can commit with, uh, you know, genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Kay being, you know, poten- potentially able to destroy herself through her work. Another, um, and just to kind of bring in a separate title, this s- series I feel kind of lines up with Skip Beat, a shoujo manga with the same sort of, um, you know, uh, actress who can totally assume a role stick uh, and who's also kind of like trying to make fight her way up. But I feel Act Age is a little bit more focused on a little bit more balance. I think it's um, it, it's got that hotshot director a little bit more than just Kay's uh, own uh, abilities. Well, that and Kay specifically, from what we've seen of her, is a very sort of withdrawn uh, interior protagonist, right? Mm-hmm. You know, she's not a terribly expressive protagonist. In fact, the contrast is supposed to be like she has this incredible ability for emotional expression, but it's basically only in an acting capacity. It's not in her. It's not in her daily life. She's, you know, a traditional savant in a lot of ways. I think. And one of the things I really like about the series is that she might have this natural talent but if it's not honed properly it's not harnessed properly it is kind of useless because there are several instances i believe there's a commercial she takes where like um oh yeah no that was hit where like again her the way she acts is she sort of imagines the scenario she's lived or imagines the scenario based on factors in her life and so like she imagines uh when she's taking uh when she's filming she's an extra in a samurai scene i believe she imagines that like one of her like um one of her uh one of her siblings is being attacked and she literally like jumps out and punches the dude the samurai dude who's about to murder some people in the face or whatever and she's not supposed to do that because the scene doesn't call for that and an actor's role is to do what the script says and what the director says fundamentally right you know and i i I thought that's a really sort of interesting layer to add to that this is sort of the traditional battle manga um training aspect for me, it kind of dodged uh, one of my big problems with series. They usually have some core, sort of like male coach or producer role where usually they're introduced by like groping the girl's muscles or something like that via Uma Musume. I'm, I'm kind of wondering what your take on uh, the relationship between Sumichi and Kei is since it seems like, I wouldn't say he's exploiting or manipulating her, but he definitely kind of has a plan for her that she doesn't quite understand. Um. Well, I think... I think I think the the reality is the specific trope uh, the director embodies is that of the eccentric director, right? 
you know, mm. and specifically, um, oh, what's it? There's some conflict between him and his talent agency because the talent agency doesn't really regard her as, uh, you know, a safe bet as someone who can really meaningfully like uh, act in the way they need her to act or whatever, right? You yeah. know, um, and I, it's a complicated question because on the one hand, I think about it less in terms of gendered expectations and more than I do in terms of like work roles, I guess, in that instance, because again, the eccentric director who sort of just scoops people off the street is a very classic one. And I'm more worried about, um, you know, how he treats her as a worker, how he treats her as a mutual participant in the creative arts than I am about, uh, you know, how he treats her as a woman, if there is any sort of like skeevy sexual assault aspect to it, as there often is in this kind of story, because thus far it, that hasn't seemed to have factored in, at least in their relationship, I think. So again, it's really one of those things where I would just need to see more to have like a firm conclusion. I did read a little bit uh, ahead and he does have a genuine sense of concern for her and her well-being. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's a bad person. Definitely feels like that coach who's willing to push their their charge much harder than what, you know, would normally be considered normal. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully they give us some more chapters of this one. Since it's not about fighting and has a female lead, I'm particularly interested in this title. So I guess we'll we'll just keep waiting for this one. The next one, I don't know if this is going to be very short or very long. Uh, <laughs> it's A Gravity Voice, uh, authored by uh, Atsushi Nakamura. Uh, it's in the year 2118. Four boys are sent to, I guess, survey new home, possible homes for humanity. Uh, they arrive on a foreign planet and learn that Earth was destroyed two days after they left by a black hole. Uh, Saga, Chris, Gerald, and uh, Baba are basically the last remaining humans on Earth and need to figure out how to restore human civilization by themselves. And it's a gag manga, I guess. <laughs> There's also higher being. Can't forget yeah, about yeah. the higher being. Oh, yeah, lots of interactions with uh, higher intelligences, alien life forms. If you want to take that one away, I'm not quite sure what else I can say about this. Well, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, starting off the entire series with like a potion that will change somebody's sex and, you know, overwrite reality itself to be like, oh, you were always born a woman and play as a gag manga is a little insulting to trans people. Just just so just, we're clear on that. Just, um, just a smidgen, you know, like <laughs> the jokes about how like, oh, you need you need you you're you're the one who should turn into a girl because your penis is small and you're the one you should turn into a girl because you're androgynous is also really as a trans woman myself not fun to read especially when you're not expecting it so yeah no and the fact that they keep up this joke that chris is the default girl on cast yeah like later on in the series like it's become a running gag and it kind of frustrates me like oh it was a one-shot gag now we're moving on maybe this will be a little bit better no it comes back no it does and specifically there's an arc where like they go to a hot springs and you know gotta dress down and everybody's worried like like, omg we're gonna be attracted to chris because chris features are feminine and it's just like fucking christ i can't it's it was it is exceptionally hard to read and frankly the entire series is nothing but I think what it's trying to be, I think it's trying to be, and it's always sunny, fi- sunny in Philadelphia, 
um, style comedy about awful people doing awful things. I think that is what it's trying to be. The problem is it can never quite decide if it really wants to condemn these people and their idiocy and their uh, oafishness, or if it wants to frame it as endearing, as likable, as, oh, these dorks and their misadventures, you know? And that's especially sticky when you're dealing with issues as fraught as the ones, like, we're talking about in terms of, like, the gender switch bit or the hot springs bit or, you know, any time any feminine presence enters the equation there's always like this salivating quality like omg are they going to do something awful to this potential lady and of course the lady never shows up <laughs> it's just yeah completely unbearable completely unbearable i feel like this the entire joke the entire joke is that boys are horny that that's that, literally that's it. it that's the joke <laughs> boys are horny and they're stupid and that's it and like also each chapter is named after a pop song for some inexplicable reason i don't understand why it has the cowboy bebop thing where like there's a chapter named i'm gonna be 500 au or something and like uh the district sleeps alone tonight because you know i'm sure this chapter has to do with ben gibbard singing about his breakup angst or whatever right you know because again so much of it just doesn't feel coherent or particularly coherent in intention i don't know what the series is trying to do fundamentally i really don't especially because it oscillates so wildly between like conventional shonen the power of friendship stuff and um you know just a bunch of awful people being awful to each other and awful to the world around them yeah i think one of the issues like one of the things that it's always sunny does is it kind of has them surrounded by normal people so you can sort of see a contrast between decent human beings in the main cast yeah. um but they're literally the only humans left so it's hard to make kind of like value judgments on the characters but like are these people shitty well it's hard to tell since no one's telling them they're shitty or living happier lives for not being shitty people there, yeah. there's like no contrast there i was surprised yeah the opening one i was like that's not a good joke to start out with but then when that was like four chapters deep and that was the joke from every chapter i was like man this this series i don't know if it's got too much to offer uh any final thoughts to wrap this one up or well knowing my terrible taste i'm still reading it <laughs> that does not surprise me okay <laughs> i there was a chapter uh most of the manga updated today and i literally had to like struggle through this most recent chapter it it's not it's not a good time and i really cannot wait to never glance at it again personally yeah, I've, I've dropped it i'll admit i'll admit <laughs> that the latest chapters it, it's getting interesting but also worse at the same time no it is at, at least they've introduced a new cast and they're on you know in a different location finally or whatever right you know but at the same time it's like oh my god <laughs> It's yeah. like, maybe we didn't actually want a female presence in the story, actually. Maybe we didn't, but anywho, yeah, so. <laughs> Saving them from these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, next is uh, my personal favorite, Chainsaw Man. It's by Fukimoto Tatsuki, who was awarded the Best New Jump Creator in 2013. Uh, it's about uh, a boy named Denji, who's living a subhuman existence, trying to pay off his deceased father's debt until he is killed and revived by his only friend in the world and demon dog, Pochita. Uh, which turns him into the chainsaw demon. Uh, from there, he basically moves from one form of indentured servitude to another, uh, becoming a demon hunter under the employ of a mysterious Makima, uh, and is basically just trying to enjoy basic human pleasures like eating toast with jam on it or maybe getting a girlfriend uh, in exchange for killing demons. Chainsaw Man said women's rights. He did. It's true. He, he did. And I think, I think specifically I would really like to talk about the female cast of Chainsaw Man specifically because they are 
interesting and in my opinion a lot of fun in a way that shonen jump female side characters are almost never allowed to be fun i think you know for one you have a character who i frankly have not is the the kind of character i haven't seen very much in any type of manga much less among aimed at boys which is power who is uh yet another uh in the world there are like devils who have possessed bodies of people or whatever right you know so they're not people anymore they are just you know bodies uh they're just devils p- taking on the form of a body in order to exist and sometimes the organization that denji works for contracts them or to work for them or whatever and power is like well for one extremely egotistical extremely brash extremely gross and just very like unpleasant but in an extremely fun and endearing way that like women almost never get to be much less in a jump manga i think you know like one of the more recent chapters had her like um refusing to eat vegetables and her getting into an argument with like dingy over refusing to eat vegetables because he thought they taste awful and like it ended in a food fight and it was just like i <laughs> i love this i love this a lot yeah power's kind of like i i hate to make the comparison by the the manetta of chainsaw man the designated piece of shit character um but isn't a piece of shit in that awful way where yeah, you wish is, they didn't exist and is also a girl <laughs> you know that that's huge yeah. for me that's huge for me i think you know so mm-hmm. indeed love power um i'm gonna admit that the amount of gore and the sort of the style overall kind of clashes with what i can typically stomach so it, I, this was a little bit harder to get through um i did definitely like start out going like oh this is interesting but i just could not stick with it i mean that's fair yeah <laughs> it is very gory a lot of uh pre-violent imagery i'm actually that's one of the things about show, the chainsaw man is i was surprised it wasn't shown in jump since it really reads like mm-hmm. a seinen manga it's got more mature characters very bloody uh a lot of people say it's very grim but i i think there's kind of a real sense of optimism in the series despite that um, but still, it's very, like, off-tone for what you would expect. See, to I, I agree with that. It's not, well, I, I agree, Chiaki. The violence is at a level where, like, I I like it a lot for a lot of reasons, but I am extremely hesitant to recommend it to almost anybody beyond if I know their specific taste enough, I know they'll gravitate to this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically, I do think, the thing is, for me, is I am not entirely clear on what this manga is saying. I am not entirely clear on the specific worldview of this manga, I think. Because Chainsaw Man is typically structured um, where basically it, it it introduces a status quo, and then the status quo is violently interrupted in a flurry of character death. Just constant character death where a bunch of characters you've been introduced to and come to care about just die horribly, horrifically. And then it resumes that status quo, and then in the current arc, we're currently in another major death. Everybody's dying. Everything sucks. The world is awful. One, I think. And... I don't know. I think I, I go back and forth because I think Chainsaw Man is very is a very empathetic manga. I think it has a lot of respect for its characters, and I think it is a lot of inferiority for its characters. I think the mangaka is an incredibly talented storyteller who does things in terms of how he frames conversation and specific actions. I never see in jump manga. It 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 feels a little more considered in terms of storytelling than most jump manga do. I think, um, but. The problem is, I can't tell if this is pure nihilism or if this is 
the fundamental integrity of humanity in the face of nihilism, it's extremely hard to tell. And it goes, and it oscillates by the chapter for me in terms of what I think it's saying. And frankly, I need to see where it ends in order for me to have a full take on it. Because a lot of parts of it I really love, a lot of parts of it make me extremely uncomfortable, and I'm just kind of sitting with my weird half-feelings for it most of the time, I think. so. That's a good take. It's a very super unusual manga. I'm very curious about where it goes, mm-hmm. though. Okay. I guess uh, we should we should move on. I did want to talk about Chainsaw Man more, but there are a lot of manga in Jump, it turns out. Next one's, uh, I think, the newest that we're talking about here. Uh, it's Guardian the Witch, uh, authored by Asahi Sakano, uh, who's a former assistant of Yuki Tabata. Uh, it's about, uh, I think her name's supposed to be, it's Manasa or Manasufa, uh, and Fafner. Manasuba, oh God, I'm going to have to hate having to say her name. Uh, she's the witch protector of the city of Bernie, uh, which is under attack by demonic evils, which I guess they're just demons. Uh, she is a witch who get their power by being injected with evils, I think is how it works. Um, but th- like that power sort of comes with an expiration date as they're slowly corrupted by the evils and turn into a demon themselves. How this is usually solved by their guardian knight, who in this case is Fafner, uh, killing them. Uh, once it becomes apparent that they're going to lose control of themselves to the evil within them. Uh, but Fafner decides that sucks, and instead they all run off together to try to find a way to cure her of her evilness uh, with her assistant Nada. This one's only about 10 chapters in, so it's still pretty early in the story. Maybe like too early to tell, um, but if you have any early impressions, I'm curious. I'm just glad that Manasfa is not like a Pokemon at this moment. You know, you she has great potential but she's not just like there to fight um and that there there's some symbiosis going on with Fafner in yeah. their fights I, I like that mm-hmm. at, at the same time though Fafner I feel is taking on more of the spotlight it, it, this the comic is settling into talking about how he is training and how he is trying to become a better guardian for his witch um, to be fair, I think they do have, they do give her a certain amount of interiority, a certain amount. Uh, obviously, like, uh, Fafner is the main focus, but I do think they give her specifically a certain amount of interiority. Like, uh, I think chapter 10, the fight between, uh, her, him, and a, uh, another ex-guardian who sort of retreated after, uh, his witch died. Um, there's a really interesting, a really interesting conversation between them where, like, they basically outline their anxieties, like, Fafner's like, hey, I, I couldn't protect anybody, I feel like I'm a failure. You know, and if I had left you behind, I would have felt like a failure too. And it's like, hey, I lived my life as a, I, I've lived my life as a complete shut in, and I also feel completely incompetent, like I'm completely incapable of doing anything. Especially like now that I'm out of this castle and all my um, magic uh, aptitude, all the things that sort of controlled and inhibited my magic are gone. And I thought, like, okay, there is a, she is given a certain amount of interiority. And like again, the fight at the end of that chapter is won not by like her being her playing support and Fafner just sort of rushing in it's won by them sort of collaborating on a strategy to beat the guy you know and like I do think that speaks to at least some thoughtfulness regarding her characterization I think yeah yeah that was my initial hope but it's it's like still in that too early to tell sort of category I can't say it's that kind of puts it head and above uh, head and shoulders above (laughs) where um Anne's role as a princess is literally just to pray for Hachimaru's success well, and that also I, I consider uh this manga extremely interesting in uh regards to Samurai 8 where in Samurai 8 the princess samurai status quo is a very good status quo that needs to be upheld here the uh princesses are uh 
not the princesses, the um, witches who are uh, given evil magic, which sort of rots their being and they have to be killed at a certain point. Like, that's evil. That's toxic in spite of what it's meant to fight. That's evil and it needs to be destroyed. Like, the whole goal is, like, what's the line? It's like, I want to create a world where witches are never made again. Like, and it's very fascinating that, like, in Samurai 8, you have the status quo that, like, is awful, but is good and needs to be upheld. And here it's like, no, this is bad and needs to be stopped, which, again, put yeah yeah no that's a good point All right, well i i'm hopeful that about the series i really liked it just aesthetically starting off and i felt like it just got a lot going for it but it just sort of depends on uh if it really plays to its strengths further on yeah Ooh, the next uh actually recently had an anime announcement jujutsu kaisen oh, cool. uh it's by gege akutami uh and it's a sequel to his one shot tokyo metropolitan magical technical school I didn't know this. Okay, cool. Yeah, so he did a one-shot, which I guess sort of established the presence, and then he made uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. It's about a boy named Yuji Itadori. He's a member of his high school's occult research club. During a ghost hunt, he ends up consuming one of the 20 fingers of the ancient demon Sukuna uh, and is captured by demon hunters who basically said, oh, you are basically possessed by a demon now, so we can either execute you or you can eat the dude's other 19 fingers. I guess he's got four arms. Uh, which will mean he's like fully subsumed in your flesh and then we'll kill you. And that means we also kill Sukuna. Uh, he decides on the latter choice because that means he gets to live longer and kind of, uh, interestingly, uh, the series sort of said he, he is trying to choose the conditions of his own death, which I think was a really sort of interesting way of placing it. Uh, and now it's sort of fallen into this traditional shonen battle manga pattern where he's joining other demon hunters to hunt down demons and search down i think they're at 18 fingers uh when we're at 10 chapters here so as someone who's completely caught up on this series let me just say that this series has like tone problems and i don't just mean tone problems i mean like extreme terrible brutality that's shocking one second and then lighthearted comedy the next without anything to really sell that or indicate Mm -hmm. that i think um it also feels like a series that is completely lost in terms of focus. Like, it is introducing characters constantly. It is introducing arc styles constantly. Like, there's a flashback that happens about partway through to explain some new context and give backstory to a major villain that is not telegraphed at all. Like, at all, in my opinion. And so you're just reading and like, is this a flashback? Who are these people? Is this guy younger now? And it's just... I think it has major storytelling issues in spite of a couple interesting ideas. I think it has major storytelling issues and problems managing tone. Like there's an arc with a kid whose like parents are there's a there's an arc with a kid who's sort of like a despondent and being radicalized by one of the curses, uh, the main villain curse. And like it it is brutal and involves like multiple people in a school dying and his mom dying horribly for no good reason. And it's just like unpleasant a lot of the time in a way that feels extremely jarring and i'm not sure i'm entirely on board with it so yeah uh, the junpei arc uh, yeah it, i was i was gonna say at, at its darkest it is like chainsaw man in terms of brutality and stuff like that but then it really pivots back to jokey shonen jump high school combat manga a lot yeah i, I yeah. definitely agree on that yeah, and again, there's a there's a bit where Itadori, the main character, is like killed off, except not actually. And then they spend like thirty chapters just not telling people that. Oh wait, he's actually alive for like some. This is where the Junpei arc happens, actually, like for some training exercise. And then he comes back, and there's like a couple chapters kerfuffle about it, and then it's fine, and everything's back to normal. It's just like why? Why did yeah. you need to make that story choice? I don't understand. Apart from like needless shock, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. well, it seemed the reason was to separate him from the supporting cast. Like they introduce uh, Megumi and i don't remember what the 
the other guy's name is the one who can I... make shadow dogs or whatever yeah but yeah. then they're like, uh, actually, those two need to go to school while we have a solo arc with uh, Itadori. Yeah, where... Yeah, yeah, no, and... Uh, yeah. Uh, any thoughts on your side, Shaki? I mean, yeah, I, again, I was reading first dozen or so chapters. I I was kind of into it, but feels like it's it's a lot for me, too. Yeah. Okay. So, same thing. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I, I did. I really liked Megumi when she was introduced, and uh, I think there's still a short chapter gap that needs to be overcome before I can really read into it. So I'm hoping she gets some good screen time later on. That is caught up. I think I just uh, I was going over it this morning actually, and all the chapters seem to be there. Since the anime announcement, I've noticed they've been rapidly closing that gap. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're finally there. Yeah, it's like six. If it was last time I checked when I caught up, it was like six chapters, and it yeah. was it was in the middle of a tournament arc basically. And I was just like, oh, okay, I know what happens. I just skipped ahead, and oh, I know what happens. Like these two people became friends. Cool, got it. Moving on. <laughs> oh, yeah. I skip that too. I'm you just know? not a fan of that Toto character, the guy who just asks what girls everybody's into. Oh yeah, it's like I like girls <sighs> who are tall and a big yeah. butt. That's like, like that's where I stopped reading. Up, that's yeah, <laughs> I stopped reading. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> I don't like this guy. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, yeah. Also, uh, it has the uh, it's I, you know, I like Hunter Hunter a lot. I think Hunter Hunter does it better. It has the problem of an extremely complex power set, but unlike Hunter Hunter, which makes sure to outline the rules of the power set constantly, I don't know what anything regarding the power oh, set yeah. does mm -hmm. or anything. You know? it's, it's so aesthetic, but like absolutely incomprehensible. They're like like demon uh, atmospheric mode where they like take you into their personal astral plane or whatever. It, it gets so much worse in the later chapters. It gets so much worse. <laughs> yeah. Just the initial explanation I knew is it's like you can't dodge any attacks here. I'm like, okay, well that that presents a lot of problems. Well, yeah. It's basically <laughs> like whoever's got more personality wins, I guess. Which you know, shown in manga. So also another big problem. I think my favorite aspect of it was Itadori's relationship with sakuna the sort of greed from fma style demon who resides in his body oh yeah that gets completely ditched in the back half they stopped talking about oh, it what? at all yeah oh, no I, I remember i was reading that i was going this is so like 90s bastard it meets like modern day shonen fight series i i really liked the, just kind of like the throwback of him and his like partial possession that sucks yeah give yeah, me no, that it... give me that ushio totora man yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> what piece of shit demons yeah no all right. Well, uh, I guess we can move on to the one everyone's probably been waiting to discuss uh, because of all of its themes: uh, Mashley, Magic, and Muscles. Oh my uh, god! Yeah, it's by Hajime Kotomo. Uh, it follows uh, Mash Van Dead is the main character's name. <laughs> uh, he's, I guess, the only guy in the world who doesn't have magic. Uh, so he works out a lot and has superhuman physical abilities. Uh, through narrative contrivance, he's forced to attend magic school, and uh, there's a lot of magical classism and prejudice, uh, which he solves by hitting stuff really hard, mostly. Uh, it's, I guess, kind of a gag manga, which is like Black Clover meets One Punch Man. Uh, how do you feel about it? Well, regarding the one comparison, it is it is the One Punch Man thing in terms of like its commentary on the falseness and terrible stiflingness of meritocracy, and in terms of just how it's drawn. It is, mm. it is biting that hard. It is biting that really, really hard. I think you know. Um, in a way that I'm not. I really don't know how to feel about this manga. I like. I have. I, I will admit. I laughed at a lot of the jokes, but at the same time, it's like. Also, it's. It is. It is super obviously Harry Potter pastiche in a way that I can't. 
I don't think it's parodical. I don't think this is meant as mocking. I think it is literally just they have wands and are at a magic school because Harry Potter did that, I think. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they play Quidditch. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do think some of his like superhuman. The the person's obviously got a lot of ideas for physical gags around superhuman strength, like how he throws the broom and then just jumps on it. Uh, but like, I don't know. A lot of its gags. I, I get what you're saying. They. I I find myself laughing at them, and then I'm just sort of disappointed in myself. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like eating a Rice Krispie treat, where you're like, that was good, but then like three seconds later, you're not sure if you've eaten anything at all. Yeah. You just continue eating them forever and never feel full. No. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the sort of the gag manga, the face facial expression is very much the um, gag manga birori. I'm not sure if it's ever been translated into English, but it's this short series of comics of just gags, um, just, you know, slapstick humor. And it's, it's nice to have like on a weekly basis, just to, just to read and enjoy, but nothing to tell your friends like you gotta read this yeah it's definitely not the worst gag manga in shonen jump no (laughs) i think we just talked about it so yeah um (laughs) but yeah no otherwise it's uh i mean it's pleasant enough uh the most recent chapter had like sort of a very manipulative lady in it i don't know i don't know it's like it's fine it's fine there really isn't much to say about it i think apart from like it's, I, I well, I, I think I think the reason why it's in any way funny is just sheer absurdity. <laughs> like, he should not be able to like counter magic, and yet he literally just like buries a dude in the ground, and it's like done. And it's just like how this doesn't make any sense, and just like sheer absurdity's sake that like a society that is so profoundly based on magic that it literally cannot handle like someone just doing something doing someone do, someone doing something practically i i think that's an interesting idea i'm just not sure it's executed all that well would you so, say yeah. it's practical though because the dude just uses <laughs> no yeah. I, I think it's trying to be practical because he has all these lines about how like you could just do that with your hands or whatever right and it's like i i think that's the intention it's just i you know and then he'll like jump off a cliff to save his friends and i don't know how he does it and it's like all right whatever you know yeah. it works maybe you could mash <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, that one's. I mean, it's a gag manga, so <laughs> not not too much to analyze there. Uh, we'll see if it if it's still around after a while. I'm not quite sure how it's doing readership wise. Oh, next one is a uh, Mission Yosakura Family. It's by Hitsuji Gondaida. I think is how you pronounce the name. It's about uh, Taiyo Asano, who his I think his family dies in a tragic car accident. Um, and his only really remaining friend since he has trouble like forming connections with people because he's afraid he's going to lose them is uh, Mitsuki Yosakura. Uh, unfortunately, her older brother is psychotic, and through narrative contrivance, uh, he is forced to marry her so that her older brother, through a pact made with family members, cannot harm anyone who is a member of the Yosakura family, will not literally kill Taiyo for being friends with Mitsuki. Um, except then he finds out that the Yosakuras are a family of spies, and he must also become a spy to be a member of the family. Uh, and undergoes hellish training, becoming a a spy. And it's, I guess, not not quite a shonen battle mod. I'm not quite sure to categorize this one. It's kind of an ensemble cast spy comedy action series. With a little romance thrown in, I think. Uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. I apologize totally. I did not actually know I had to read this one. Um, Okay. From what you just explained, it sounds like a lot, and it sounds like I want to read it. 
Uh, I was talking to a y'all know Lost Thief on Twitter. I, I we're in a yep. mutual Discord server, and I've I've been talking to him about a lot of these series as I've gone through them. Uh, and he said something that really struck me as my feel, uh, sort of parallel my feelings on the series, which is the real strength of the series and the real thing that makes it is the relationship between the main character and his eventual wife, right? Yeah. Um, and the thing that always threads the runes it is the incredibly patronizing and creepy brother character who is always just invading the ladies, and all, always just invading the ladies' space in order to like air quotes protect her or whatever, you know. Uh, and are you saying the problem with the series is the syscon? Because I believe that. Yes, th yeah, that is okay. literally what I'm saying. That is literally yeah. what I'm saying. And on the one level, the series at least acknowledges that it's toxic and bad. And it, given how like it treats other relationships in the series, especially like Tayo and um, I'm sorry, I don't remember her name. Uh, Mitsuki. Mitsuki. Yeah, Tayo and Mitsuki. Yeah. Thank you. Um, especially like Tayo and Mitsuki, like it understands healthy relationships. It understands what healthy relationships are comprised of. Like I remember there's an arc later on where like uh, Mitsuki thinks. Uh, it, it it appears that uh, Tayo might be cheating on Mitsuki, and Mitsuki's like, mostly, like, nah, I believe in him, he wouldn't do that to me, I trust him, I trust him. You know, and in the end, it's like, nah, he was just, you know, getting a present for the actually creepy brother character, because he wanted, like, the brother character to like him or whatever, and you know, that kind of stuff speaks to me, at least the author understands that, like, you know, this brother character is terrible and creepy, and yet it won't stop making constant jokes about it, you know? It's a very yeah. have it take and eat its two kind of thing, so... Mm -hmm. I really agree on that take. I, I I really like the main relationship in the series. And I also think Mitsuki is pretty interesting because she's the only member of the family that doesn't have some sort of weird superpower, uh, which uh, through how their family works has made her the head of the family. And despite being unpowered and the love interest of the main character, I think she has like a lot of agency in the series and actually, well, I mean, I was about to describe what agency is, but uh, yeah, she's got a lot of agency and kind of force of personality, which would normally i think a character in her situation would very rapidly get sidelined in any other manga oh, yeah. with the same sort of setup especially since the premise is entirely about protecting her from outside forces like it's yeah. literally about like she needs to survive or else the household dies or whatever right you know mm -hmm. like um and i don't know i don't know i think it's fun enough uh it stands interestingly in contrast to another manga i'm assuming we're talking about later on oh, yeah. um but yeah uh, I, I like it. It's cute. It's fun. Um, you know, there are things I have reservations about. Uh, and it honestly, like in terms of in contrast to Jujutsu Kaisen as well, it handles its tone shifts a lot better. It's mm -hmm. more of a comedy than a straight up comedy. And like, I think, you know, it's not anything groundbreaking in terms of like, oh, Tayo's parents' deaths might not have been entirely accidental or whatever. But, you know, it still minds them for like compelling emotional territory. I think, you know, the first chapter like has a lot of interiority and a lot of surprising pathos for a manga this silly i think yeah you know? i think what it's missing is just kind of like a, a primary narrative uh, because it just seems to jump around to a lot of subplots and feels very directionless despite the fact that it's got a lot of good material to work with yeah. specifically it can't really decide if it's an ensemble cast about the family or if it's about like the specific world of spies in which it takes place it is a lot of trouble deciding hey do i want to focus on the weird members of the family or do i want to focus on like world building it has a mm -hmm. lot of trouble deciding which side it wants to lead on i think so yeah, yeah. definitely suffering by comparison to the next spy one we're going to talk about yeah. <laughs> yeah but first uh we're gonna have to take a stop off in another gag manga uh mitama security spirit busters by uh sarun hatome Hat hatomune uh, it's about Mitama, who's a secure T agent, uh, which is very hard to say in English, and I believe is a Japanese pun on the word ghost. 
Um, he's out to save uh, Reyna, who is haunted by like a hundred spirit-long conga line of ghosts that follow around day and night. Uh, and through his efforts to exercise all these ghosts, actually kind of reveals to her that uh, I guess being haunted isn't so bad, and she actually has a lot of ghost friends, um, which is was surprisingly heartwarming to me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's another gag manga, relatively directionless, and I'm curious what you two think about it. I like how the conga line of spirits slowly start being developed as, you know, ha- with their own set of characters, recurring characters, people, you know, they're all interesting and I like them. Um, but also at the, on the, in the outset, the whole thing is, we need to, you know, bust these ghosts. And that's totally thrown out by like yep. chapter five. <laughs> I actually didn't mind that. I actually kind of liked that. I was like, oh yeah, I, I wasn't, it's again, I, I thought it was like, oh, it's just going to be like a sort of a, you know, uh, what's a, uh, Esper manga, right? It's very much in the Esper manga tradition, right? For sure. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and I thought it was going to be about, oh, it's just going to be a new spirit exercise that's menacing, uh, her and him every week and it turned out to not be that it turned out to be like no you need to overcome it your anxieties and recognize that these spirits are like you know have feelings and uh, are worthy of consideration and you really have no reason to be afraid of them half the time dude because again the whole thing is that uh meet yeah. uh, his name is mitama i believe right yeah mitama is deathly afraid of these spirits in spite of having a like extreme like a uh, psychic capacity like, he is definitely a threat of these spirits and will, like, literally rush away. And the only way he can, like, actually beat the spirits is by crying, which activates his sort of, like, super sense where he can sort of just take down any spirit in his path. And I don't know. I don't know. I I like that. I like that shift, personally. I, I was like, oh, it's just going to be cute ghost hijinks where you just learn to talk to them and have fun with them and treat them like, you know, actual beings with sentience. I don't know. Um, I thought it's also extremely cute and funny. And it is especially as a really good grasp of mm-hmm. visual humor. Yes. <laughs> I, I love the um, subplot for uh, Yuko, Rena's girl ghost. Oh, yeah. That is, you know, in love with Mitama. Like, I am always she's tuning just a ghost, in for that. But one. She's got a bow on her ghost head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It's so good. And again, just how they ba- flail around trying to make Mitama not notice that she's actually a ghost. And it's revealed at the end of Mitama, like, oh, I was definitely afraid, but I went along because I didn't want to hurt her feelings. And it's like, aww. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that was the kind of turning point for me in the series was when I can't remember quite how that would, because I, I haven't read the first, first 10 chapters in a while, but there was sort of a turning point where through some subplot, Reyna kind of realized that uh, it was actually kind of all right having all these ghosts around and starts to make friends with them. And I, the whole kind of atmosphere of that chapter was kind of like embracing her uniqueness and all these, and realizing all these ghosts were actually like friends, uh, which I, I, I took me by left field. I, I, I didn't know if he was ever going to exercise these ghosts or if it was going to be like exercising them one by one. But then it's like, oh, actually the ghosts weren't even a problem. And now she's much happier after realizing that they're all really cool people that she gets to hang out with, which it's like something she has that nobody else has. And that really took me by surprise. And I feel is like the primary charm for me in the manga now. 
I agree, but this is also a manga where Mijima dunks a spirit through a basketball hoop at one point. It's he like... <laughs> Well, there's also a salmon ghost that wants world domination. Oh my but, god, the yeah. salmon ghost! Who's <laughs> like constantly screaming and like, oh yes, all of you will serve me and trying to like, and is just absolutely terrible at it. Oh god. And this oh, is yeah. used by uh, a villain who uses ghosts like Pokemon in Ying Yang yeah. Pokeballs. Yeah, no, I, I find this series super charming and funny, personally. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a little, okay, the one thing I'm a little not sold on is they are trying to sell a somewhat romantic pairing between Mitama and Reina, and I think there's a pretty major age gap there, so... Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. She's in high school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hoping they never progress that at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm banking on... Yeah, I'm banking yep. on Mitama and Yuko. It's gotta be. Mm. It's gotta be. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The, the OTP. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's move on to the one I know all of us want to talk about. Uh, it's currently, I'd say, neck and neck is my favorite Shonen Jump manga with Chainsaw Man right now. Uh, it's by Tatsuya Endo, who previously worked as assistant on both Blue Exorcist and Fire Punch, which was Chainsaw Man's, uh, the author of Chainsaw Man's last manga. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's set in a uh, fictional sort of, I guess, post-World War One fantasy Europe. It's about a spy codenamed Twilight who's given a mission to get close to a reclusive head and state for the enemy nation. Um, but the only way he can get close to this guy is through uh, the guy has a son and he only attends school events, uh, but otherwise never leaves his compound, I guess. Uh, so to get close to this guy, he has to get a kid in the school and create this entire family persona. He ends up adopting this orphan named Anya, who unknown to him is a psychic that can read people's minds and manages to convince him to marry a woman who unknowingly to him and her is a assassin for the enemy country. Uh, named I think it's Thorn, and uh, later convinces him to adopt a dog who can see into the future. Uh, no one is aware of anyone else's powers or positions except for Anya, who is very excited to be living with a spy and assassin and a future seeing dog, and it's adorable. <laughs> I love this. This is unironically the best comic that I'm reading right now. It's amazing. It's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> I like can't believe how good it is. Uh, especially like it's in jump and does none of the jump stuff it's like hard to believe it's in jump yeah and that it's so good and doesn't do any of the like bad stuff you'd expect from a shonen manga well for one it's bi-weekly right i believe yeah. uh it's bi-weekly and i believe in jump plus specifically as is chainsaw man i think mm -hmm. um and yeah no it's just oh my god the jokes the jokes so i the faces <laughs> Yeah, Anya's, Anya's reaction faces are the best thing. Like, oh my god, that one scene where, um, I don't know if y'all read this far, but, like, she gets the dog and is like, all right, I'm gonna, because, again, she's trying to cozy, uh, the goal is, like, he's trying to cozy up to someone who's very high-ranking at the yeah. school Anya attends. And, like, there's a son who there's a lot of tension with, and he's like, all right, I'm gonna tell the son I have a dog and, uh, to sort of get him to hang out with me. Um, and she walks up to him and is like, hey, I have a dog. And he's like, yeah, so what? And her face. <laughs> it's, a full, it's a full page of just the most, of just utter devastation. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, Anya is a, is a shitlord and has no, she's hanging out with these rich kids and doesn't know what's impressive and what's not impressive. Yeah, <laughs> and is no. always being surprised. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so it's so good that it's really funny and completely wholesome too. Like it never it hasn't done any bad stuff that I can think of. Especially with like the way kind of Thorn is characterized, she's a little ditzy 
and kind of has a very obsessed brother, but they never like leverage that for comedy in a way that like detracts from her character, I don't think. The weird thing about it to me, it's not really a reservation, it's just something I've yeah. noticed. Uh, well, specifically, it's a mock Cold War, right? You know, yeah. and specifically, it's a mock Cold War at the end of sort of towards the end of the fall of the Iron Curtain, where like, you know, uh, relationships are starting to be restored and, uh, you know, borders are starting to open. And specifically, the spies are there to like make sure like the Cold War doesn't perpetuate itself. They're there. The, the, explicitly, the goal is stated it's an anti war manga in the sense that the spies' goal is to end the war. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. um, in terms of actual real world politics, that's not how that stuff usually goes. But you know what? It's 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 really silly fantasy. So I'm not going to like get super hung up on that aspect specifically. But, you know, uh, espionage and a cute thing. That, that's really the only potential thing I have reservation wise. So, mm -hmm. yeah, no, absolutely. All, all I'll say as far as like the fake family concept there was... I, I really hope that they do. And the the the, the, the Forger family is growing, right? Mm -hmm. Like the love for yeah. each other. They're becoming a real found family, and that actually is one of the most heartwarming things. Despite the fact that you know it's all sort of a sham. Yeah, it will be really interesting to see what happens when like each of their identities is revealed to each other. I think it will be or really if. Yeah, if. I, yeah. I think it might. I, I genuinely could see that being, like, in-game territory for this series. I yeah, think. So, I, yeah. I've, I've actually, I've wondered that a lot. And I my prediction is it comes to the thing where they realize they're on enemy sides, uh, the mom and the dad, and then they kind of pull a... Right. I mean, it's 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 so close to Mr. and Mrs. Smith, it's impossible not to make this <laughs> thing. Um, But they kind of decide to work together. I, I don't know. At this point, they'd probably, like, end the war through some and, sort of contrivance. <laughs> and it's also so good because, like, you would expect, like, this premise of, oh, they constantly have to hide their identities would get monotonous, and it never does. No. Not once. It's always finding new cool ways to, like, perpetuate it. It's great. So, yeah. And there's continuity because, you know, like, yeah. like um, Twilight is like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom really bad. It's like, yours, like, oh, no, was my breakfast that bad and then the next chapter <laughs> and then the next chapter she's learning to cook because she's like i made breakfast so bad i put my husband on the crapper for a full three hours, three hours. Yeah. <laughs> right that is something that separates it from a lot of the other gag manga jumper now its narrative is continuous right you know like yeah mm -hmm. absolutely yeah one of my favorite chapters is when she gets shot in the ass on a mission and <laughs> Twilight, he can sense something's wrong, so he invites her out on a date and is just completely <laughs> baffled when she says yes or no to different ideas, not realizing that it involves whether it involves standing or sitting. It, it's, yeah, it's very good. Well, we'll get into recommendations later, but yeah. I, I don't think it'll come as a surprise where that'll fall for us. All right, uh, we do need to move on, though, yes. uh, to a great one that I'm sure we want to talk about, uh, Undead Unluck. Oh, my uh, God. Yoshifumi Tosuka. Uh, Everyone who touches this girl named Fuku, uh, Fuko suffers terrible, often lethal bad luck. Uh, so she decides to commit suicide for the good of humanity, but is saved by a zombie-like guy named Andy, who is cursed with uh, supernatural regeneration, I guess, uh, and is looking for somebody who's finally able to kill him. Uh, so he is determined to experiment on her by touching her in a bunch of very uncomfortable ways to give him the maximum amount of bad luck to find something that can finally kill him. Also, there are other people with superpowers, I guess. Thoughts? <laughs> uh, you screamed out in pain. Would you yeah. Would you like to elaborate? 
Yeah, you ever just look at the key art of a manga and just go, this is going to be problematic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I um. Yeah. so specifically it was even worse because I was like literally I was like, all right, done with the Gravity Boys. Can't wait to like get to the next thing and wash the taste of that out of my mouth. And then like literally the first two page spread is like uh, this undead dude feeling this girl under her shirt and her looking mighty uncomfortable about that. And it's like, oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. It... It, uh, and then there's the whole thing where it's like, hey, you know, I bet it would be even crazier if we banged. And she very much does not want that. And it's like, Jesus Christ, this is a terrible premise. Mm-hmm. It's really so, bad. Yeah. No. Mercifully, it ditches that aspect in the later chapters, at least for now. Mercifully. So we don't have the uncomfortable aspect of, like, her constantly being groped or whatever mercifully but still it is a terrible note to start out a manga like this on i think and it speaks the pacing overall of the manga because it took nine chapters to get to the point of what like the whole story is supposed to be about yeah and and, you know for for 10 chapters andy doesn't even have a decent pair of pants no he's no he doesn't no he, he his his wing wong is just out in the air for everyone to appreciate. And I can't remember. Did they just black bar it? Yeah, they black bar it. Yeah, there's they, so much they, black bar in the oh chapter. Yeah. And again, like there's that aspect where he's just exposing himself in front of her constantly. And there's this really awful monologue where it's like, yeah, he may have fondled me and maybe be super uncomfortable, but he was super nice to me, actually. It's like, no, yeah. don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> God. Yep. So that's Undead Unluck. Uh yeah, I uh, I think we have enough time to go over, and I really want to talk about these. Well, some of these last three, uh, I, at least one of them. I just want to let people get their hits in. Um, but I was saving these for last in case we ran out of time, since they each have uh, ended. Uh, hard to say. You don't really announce whether a manga is canceled or was never supposed. This is like the natural ending point for the manga. Um, but you can come up with your own theories. Uh, for these next three but yeah each have uh semi-recently ended uh but still haven't received anime adaptations so we decided to bring these in as well uh the first one probably come as a surprise uh is samurai 8 uh, it's the latest work by the creator of naruto masashi kishimoto uh who is writing while his former assistant akira okubo is illustrating uh it ended on chapter 43 it's kind of a i actually think that visual style is super cool for this manga it's like a high-tech space opera um it's about this boy named hachimaru who's born with a like a huge amount of disabilities and allergies that force him to remain hooked up to like a giant life support system Um, but after encountering this i guess samurai are kind of like planetary protection knights who are just kind of like cyborgs who are basically a sentient spine that gather matter around them or something like that uh the one he meets is daruma who looks like a cat and is blind for some reason even though he wasn't always that way who turns him into a samurai so he's not disabled anymore uh and then he meets Anne, who is a princess which is a title given to girls who partner with samurai and pray really hard to make them more powerful and then there's more kishimoto-esque <laughs> uh, super plot where the main character turns out to be the chosen one that needs to save the universe or something like that. But yeah, he, he's going to go on his quest to become the greatest samurai ever or something. Uh, <laughs> or would if the manga didn't get canceled. Yeah, and then it ended. Actually, it <laughs> ended uh, like, uh, I'm just going to spoil it right from the start. Uh, wow. It ended, it ended <laughs> at the exact moment that I would have gone, okay, I'm reading this fucking manga for sure. <laughs> the ending, <laughs> the ending 
I, I will admit, all of the endings to uh, the ones we're going to talk about are hilarious in how abrupt they are, I think. Yep. you know, um, Which definitely Samurai... gives the feeling they're canceled. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially because, like, I think the ending implies that, oh, what's the name, main, name of the main princess lady? I forget. Anne. Uh, Anne. Implies yeah. that, uh, is Hachimaru dead at the end? I don't know. Oh, he's like, Madoka. Oh, he's Madoka, so he's, yeah, like, yeah. God to make the world a better place, <laughs> and, like, I... I Okay, to be brief, I hated this series. Kishimoto learned all the wrong lessons from Naruto. That's yes, my hot he did. Day. Oh my so. god, yes. That's <laughs> so. such a succinct way of describing Samurai yeah. just, so. just to make clear, and I told Peter this, I, for the life of me, could not start this manga. It was so mm. dense at the beginning that I was just like, like... 70 pages, 70 too. pages, and like the first few pages especially are just like, and there's lore, and more lore, and I'm like, I don't... I don't understand every. There's so much text. There's so much going on. I don't. I don't care enough. I'm. I'm going to sleep. Good night. The, the ending. The I have read the. I. I basically read up to chapter thirteen and was like, I am not reading more of this. What happens at the end? And the ending is literally nothing but that insane world building techno babble. Nothing. Yeah. More. yeah. It's. <laughs> Uh, personally i actually started feeling it in the middle chapters a little bit just like uh, only in the sense that i was like i would really like an ova of the series which is you know like the old anime ovas where they just kind of go like there's a lot of plot that we can't get into because this is 40 minutes long so let's just do the aesthetics and action if they did that i feel like it would be a sick ova because the artistic style and like aesthetic of the world is super cool yeah, there's. It's like Kishimoto just said, like, what if Naruto, but only the post Kaguya introduction ship it in nonsense, uh, is is Samurai Eight with with uh, gender dynamics that were specifically ingrained into the terrible gender dynamics that were specifically ingrained into the world building, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. Yeah. When when like her, I remember her big moment is she prays so hard that like she starts bleeding out of her nose or something. <laughs> like oh Jesus. But uh, in the end, uh, Hachimaru becomes Madoka because he realizes if you don't believe that your consciousness disappears when you die, then it doesn't. Um, and uh, it's yeah, real. Sure. This is stupid. You literally decide whether you cease to exist or not subconsciously when you die. I guess. <laughs> Um, but after that, yeah, Hachimaru's Madoka, and they defeated uh, a big bad guy, and then Anne decides, fuck this, I'm not going to be a princess anymore, I'm going to become a samurai, and then she, it, the, the last chapter is her starting her own quest with, like, a lot of the side characters, and I she, like, has a big katana, and I'm like, oh, this, this looks really cool now. <laughs> yeah, so no. A lot of yeah. a lot of the last chapter definitely felt like oh Kishimoto heard the criticism now he's desperately trying to course correct in the last like three pages or something right maybe, maybe. Oh, I, yeah. I mean I sure hope he's aware of like that 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 describes to me an awareness of the problem with the well, manga. no yeah. if you if you oh I mean you know jump mangaka generally are aware of the problem like i don't know if you read one piece but you've seen those sbs uh ones where oda gets like hey why do all your women look like poles with tits attached and he's like because it's rad and then he draws a couple poles with tits attached and here's how i draw my ladies and i'm not backing down on this because i'm an asshole so yeah, yeah. <laughs> well maybe uh uh i was hoping something closer to uh oh my god who's the sword art guy reiki kara i think it's reiki Anyway, the sort of unlike guy, where he he encountered the criticism and decided to course correct. So if uh, if that is what Samurai Eight did for Kishimoto, I think Kishimoto is an amazing writer. Uh, Naruto had a lot of really good ideas in it, and that were executed amazingly, at least in the first five hundred chapters or so. <laughs> uh, so 
if if he kind of realizes hey maybe my big weakness as a writer is i don't let women do enough uh and then his next work accommodates that uh i think samurai was worth it anyway uh, right. tokyo shinobi squad <laughs> well so much for globalization uh, uh, yeah. so it's written by uh yuki tanaka <laughs> and illustrated by kento matsuda it's set in uh, 2049 Tokyo uh, after something called the, Galop- the Galapagos Reform. Uh, Russia, China, America, and Japan are connected by Hyperloop, which has resulted in Tokyo being the most crime-ridden city in the world because globalism. <laughs> which, uh, and all this crime has allowed Shinobi to emerge from the shadows they've been hiding in since the Sengoku period to work as mercenaries. Uh, it follows a, a, a Shinobi squad uh, made up of Jin, Papillion, and I think he's, uh, is he from the Philippines? Uh, the kid, yeah, yeah the kid. his name's Anne, who joins their squad because he thinks ninjas are cool or something. Uh, and they end up fighting a lot of other mercenary ninja squads because globalism. And also, you know, <laughs> racial caricatures. Uh, that too. Bro, I, I didn't read that far, mercifully. Um, but yeah, I'd imagine. Well, literally, it, it specifically says in the first chapter, it's like, the moment immigrants from other countries started coming in, the world went to hell. And it's like, oh, oh, joy. Oh, mm-hmm. joy. You like, know. there's that small nod where N is from the Philippines. So therefore, you know, not all immigrants are bad, you know, is is sort of their argument. But at the same time, it relies so heavily on racial stereotype and just this fear of immigration that is a very pertinent topic today in Japan because of the uh, labor shortages it's kind of inexcusable, in my opinion, that this was greenlit at all. Yeah, it's like it came at the yeah. worst time too. It's it's kind of it's amazingly bad timing for it. And even ran like almost thirty chapters or something. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I get the feeling that globalism wasn't the reason it was canceled either. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the same reason everything's canceled. Low readership, yeah. you know. Yeah. So yeah. It's 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 true crime was just being boring. <laughs> I do, I do really appreciate how it ended, though, which was um, like two two chapters of filler, and then one chapter of "Hey, let's go into the future. Everything's great now." <laughs> we saw <solved> globalism. <laughs> Doesn't it like end mid-fight? Pretty too, much. I believe, right or something. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and they lived happily ever after. Yeah, um, and open borders yeah. stopped. Yeah, so. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that. Um, so our last title today, uh, since we're going in semi-alphabetical order, is Zipman, uh, or maybe uh, Ripman would be more <laughs> rude. Yeah, I've been holding on to that one. Yeah, it, uh, recently ended on chapter 17. Uh, it was authored by uh, Yusaku Shibata, who's a former assistant of Ichiro Oda himself. Uh, it follows uh, Kaname Tatara, who is a scary-faced high schooler who's wanted to be a hero since he was a kid. His twin brother and world-renowned genius, uh, Koshiro Tadara, uh, recently died under mysterious circumstances that I guess uh, are revealed to have been he was turned into a giant mecha kikurumi. And a evil organization called Zip Down is trying to do something bad, um, but the two brothers team up by one brother getting inside the other brother to battle them uh, kikurumi mech style. Uh, there's also a childhood friend of mutual love interest that they have named China, who uh, gets put into a princess gown, so she has to be saved later on. Yeah. What, what do you think of Zip Man? I wish, well, uh, it is a wash in pop culture references, for one. Uh, oh, yeah. I wish it did more interesting things with that, but, like, you know, it's very interesting when, like, 
at the end of the series when the brother's soul gets sealed inside, he literally like whips out the Matrix of Leadership from the '80s Transformer movie and opens it up, and it's like, you know, there's a really interesting idea in um, specifically like emulating like pop culture heroes and fighting the way pop culture heroes do. A really interesting idea there, and it's not capitalized on at all. I found this mostly pretty boring. So you know. yeah, I thought I thought it showed a lot of promise as well, and I was kind of excited to keep reading this was actually the one that i wanted to keep reading and then definitely kind of fell off to the wayside um as far as tina goes yes she is put in that you know dress to be damseled i feel and you know it, it just ends abruptly after like a time skip happens way too early in the series honestly i think that was around when they were told to wrap things up but um I feel Tina had a more of an opportunity to be a character in her own right after the time skip. Except, you know, again, this series was basically done by chapter 10. Yeah, she eventually gets her own... Well, by then, I guess they're mass-producing Kigurumis or something. Um, I did think there was something to it. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I remember one of the first villains was the the boy who really liked magical girls. Yeah. And I, there was like an aspect of like perverting your childhood obsessions in the series. Um, specifically, I, I like the thing that it was like uh, it was specifically cutie honey. I was think it was the thing it was ripping on rip, mm-hmm. ripping on. I think right. Yeah. Um, specifically, once he beats him, it's like. I think the main character is like literally, hey, it's cool. Boys can be magical girls too. Just don't hurt people in the process or something. And I'm like, yeah. okay, that's kind a of magical neat. girl would never attack people like that. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, oh, damn, I've been defeated. You know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like you felt like there was something there, but then I don't even think they gave that character a name and he disappears. No. Uh, and and then the five chapter and then five chapters later is like, all right, canceled. Wrap it up. And it's like, okay, cool, great. Yeah. Yeah, I got to admit, like, I, I thought there was cool elements there, but it never really coalesced into anything that I was like, very interested in. It had know. really good action. It had really good action. I will say that for that. It had really good yeah. action. I kind of, I liked the idea of him. It's like, it, there's a lot of zippers on their outfits, and they he beats them and takes their, like, the zipper handle thing and connects it, and then is able to, like, add different parts of different Kigurumi mechs to it. I thought that was a cool aesthetic choice, but... Um, I don't think he ever explored the... I mean, I think by the time he was introducing the concept, they were already pretty sure that the manga was going to go anywhere. So he just started taking everybody's zippers and turning into the ultimate Kigumek. Yeah. All right. Uh, Anything else someone absolutely needs to say about Zipman? I feel like, uh, not related to Zipman, but working conditions at Jump are awful and they need to change because I don't think we can uh, talk about Jump without mentioning that fact. Also hire more women. Yeah, that too. Uh, Weekly Shonen Jump, uh, entire editorial staff is male. Yep. Jump Plus has a few uh, women editors, apparently, but yeah, like the core core magazine has an all male editorial board. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, th- I think uh, recently it came out today. The next issue is going to be delayed, delayed. Mm-hmm. due to yeah. COVID. Yeah. So okay, so at least they're giving them. A week break in these <laughs> due to a global pandemic yeah. that's what it took um or uh, golden week that'll do it all right um i figured we'd wrap this one up by uh i guess just in general asking for recommendations like of the manga we have discussed which would you actually recommend people read give me your top three or uh, maybe you can give me one warning against a manga you specifically would never recommend reading as well 
Uh, for me, the top three would be Spy Family, Guardian of the Witch, and I guess uh, Mitoma Security. Uh, as far as the ones that I've read, I won't bother with A Gravity Boys because, you know, my do not trust my taste in anything. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I've, I, I know that. But, uh, Faye? Okay, so... Number one, Spy Family. Read Spy Family. Everyone needs to read Spy Family. Like, True. I, 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 I watch anime with my mom, and I am very sad there's not an anime adaptation of Spy Family yet. So I can, can I just my say, to my mom. can I just That's say, like, I bought the Japanese manga for Spy Family, and I'm asking my parents to read it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> nice. Cool. Family friendly. It, it, everybody, it is everybody needs to read Spy Family. Um, number two, Chainsaw Man, with a lot of caveats. Uh, if you are not into gore, and if like you really are not sold on its worldview uh, i've heard a lot of arguments about his worldview some people think it's nihilistic trash i kind of do too some people don't i kind of think that as well it's a messy manga with a lot of really rich characterization and a lot of like really cool visual ideas and a lot of staying power i think that i just need to see how it ends in order to really like make a final have a final stance on it uh three i would say mitama security spirit busters it's really cute it's really funny the jokes are really good wow. and the art's really good too so yeah i definitely concur on spy family i feel like an anime is an inevitability it's just got it it's too good it can't not get an anime we would not live yep. in a just world well we don't but then yes I, I probably also agree on chainsaw man and uh chiaki's recommendation of guardian of the witch mostly just because i'm i'm very optimistic about where it's going also, with caveats on Chainsaw Man, uh, there's one chapter which I guess you need to go to Viz's website to read because of a, uh, a, oh. a oh god, the porn. Like, the porn. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't. It's a crazy manga, but it's also extremely good. So if you can handle that, uh, please read Chainsaw Man. Um, I, I specifically went to the website just to read that chapter. None of the other chapters, just that one. Yeah. I appreciate it. I first learned of it when somebody put an image up on Twitter, and they had covered it with uh, different emojis to block different parts of the shot, including was that me. Maybe it, was it you? Did you use a pair <laughs> of scissors in a certain part? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, that, that, was, that was inspired. <laughs> someone, someone, someone posted that image. Yeah. God. Good work. Good work. So I can't yeah. believe Shonen Jump did that. But <laughs> they've been getting horny. Yeah, it's part of history now. No. But yeah, Chainsaw Man, good. Yeah. All right. Hey, be uh, before we finish things off, Peter, um, sure. I just wanted to ask a real quick question. What's the best manga on Shonen Jump, uh, on the Shonen Jump app, and why is it Black Clover? You're just asking me to do a. <laughs> I, I was waiting for this to happen. I was oh, waiting wait. for this to happen. I was waiting uh, for you it. You know so. that I'm a Black Clover stan. Just my reputation <laughs> Oh, yeah. It. <laughs> I, I it's mostly. It's mostly Frankly, uh, it's mostly oh, what, what I've heard hell? about you. Yes. <laughs> I'm getting ambushed right so, here. This yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Okay. Do you... Well, I, I can't pass up an opportunity to talk about Black Clover, I guess. Uh, oh, my God. It's really good. Uh, I feel like Tabata dodges a lot of the bad shit that the other authors do very well. It's funny as hell. Really good action. Anime's great. Black Clover for president. <laughs> yeah. oh, I can't believe... All right, I'm going to do the outro now. I have a reputation now. Cool. Um, yeah. 
so thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, if you like what you heard today, we have a Patreon at www.patreon.com slash animefeminist. Uh, just a dollar a month goes a long way toward helping us uh, run both in print and in your earbuds. Uh, if you're interested in seeing more of our content, you can go to www.animefeminist.com, on Facebook at AnaFem, on Tumblr at AnimeFeminist, and on Twitter at AnimeFeminist. Uh, thanks for listening, AnaFem, and we'll catch you next time.